Welcome to another episode. I am D, and this is the Sussex Set. A quick hello and shout out to all of the new listeners and patrons I've gotten over the last couple of days, really week or so. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate your support. But of course, whether you're a new listener or an OG, <laughs> you know, I love my OGs. Thank you guys just for taking even just a few minutes to listen to the podcast or any content that I put up on YouTube. Time is the one thing you don't get back. So any of it that you spend on anything that I've created, I really appreciate it. And of course, if you've taken the time to leave a review on iTunes, heartfelt thanks. That really helps people discover the podcast. And so far, we're at 134 reviews. I remember being at 55. So that means the world to me. Any rating or review that you guys leave, thank you. For those of you that have left, for those of you that will leave, thanks in advance. Let's jump right into the charity segment. Today, I just want to check in on a charity that I've spotlighted in the past, one I'm sure you have a lot of familiarity with, especially here lately, and that is SmartWorks. For those of you who may not know, SmartWorks is a charity that empowers women. They help women who are looking to get back into the job force, back into the workforce, They help them to find their confidence. So when women come to the SmartWorks location and they say, you know, I'm I'm have been out of the workplace for a while and I'm looking for just some clothes. Somebody told me that you guys help women get their interview clothes together so that they can go in looking good, feeling good and confident. Well, they do more than just provide the clothes. They give interview training. They give confidence training to those women and That's what SmartWorks is about. And so when a woman comes back and says, oh, my gosh, guys, I got the job. Thank you guys so much for your help. What SmartWorks does is they give that woman what they call a capsule that will see her through to her first paycheck on her new job. And she also gets the chance to join the SmartWorks Network, which is a membership of women who have recently returned to work. The network meets on a monthly basis, and it's there to help those women further their professional and personal development, allowing them to help and motivate one another to succeed. So when a woman comes into SmartWorks, she leaves with so much more, or she doesn't leave at all. And that's probably better than anything else. She gains a community of women and she can pass on the good that's been done for her. And when she recognizes herself in the next woman that walks through the door saying, hi, I heard you offer help for job interviews. She's that much more empowered and she empowers that woman to then in the future empower other women. It's really just a powerful, powerful organization. And I'm really glad that I got to learn who they were through just following Megan the Duchess of Sussex, as well as her other patronages. So they have a really great update. And I wanted to share that on the podcast in case anyone has not heard, because so many people come from different places, different avenues, different paths to all of the Sussex Squad podcasts. And so I'd just like to read that update from SmartWorks Charity themselves. They said, today we are celebrating a special moment, our 200th client dress in the Smart Set Capsule Collection, a collaboration created by Her Royal Highness, the Duchess of Sussex, and SmartWorks with leading British fashion designers, John Lewis and Partners, Marks and Spencer, Jigsaw, and Misha Nunu. 
Two months on from the launch, the Smart Set is bringing joy every day to SmartWorks dressing rooms across the UK. The 200 women who have been dressed in the Smart Set pieces have let their appointments beautifully styled and dressed, emboldened by the knowledge that another woman has taken an active decision to be a part of her success story. In such a short time, the collection has made a tangible impact on the women who come to SmartWorks. Hafizam said, I'm feeling joy. I was so touched by the care, respect, and kindness and effort made for me. Now I can believe in what I have to offer to get the job. That's awesome. Rebecca said, everything was perfect and my whole experience was amazing. I'm feeling excited about my interview instead of nervous. And lastly, Tanya said, my visit to SmartWorks was absolutely fundamental in preparing and supporting me back into work. I had lost a lot of confidence and was undervaluing myself. Going into interviews, feeling and looking the part really helped me secure an amazing role. Our CEO, Kate Stevens, said, The smart set has built a community of retailers, designers, and customers inspired by the vision of our royal patron, who are united in a mission to help each woman achieve her best. Thanks to their support, every woman who walks through our door knows that another woman cares about her and has invested in her future. Incredible. (laughs) And then they encourage you, if you're on your Instagram, on their Instagram to swipe through the photos that they've shared. And you can find more of the interview success stories or just general things that the people that have been helped by SmartWorks has had to say about it. You can find that in the Vogue issue. You can find that even on the Sussex Royal page. You can find that at their website, which is smartworks.org.uk. There we go. Smartworks.org.uk. And just learn about the work that they do if you haven't already. And, of course, they thanked anyone who supported. And that would be people like you, people like me, Sussex fans, just people who have heard about the Smart Set collection or maybe someone who bought it and didn't even realize what they were doing when they were buying it in that two-week period. That's incredible. So thank you, SmartWorks, for the work that you have already established yourself as doing, but certainly thanking Megan, the Duchess of Sussex, as well as those designers who took part in that. And I think what the CEO said was really critical. It's about community. So if a person can bring together charity, a charity, and designers, and the people, you can really do a lot, even in a short amount of time, it's two weeks. So thank you to SmartWorks for the work that you do. And actually, the Duchess of Sussex thank them personally, as well as the people who supported the Smart Set collection. Writing, congratulations to SmartWorks Charity, who just yesterday dressed their 200th client with items from the Smart Set. In September, this two-week campaign launched, and because of you and your commitment to giving back to the community, over 10,000 items were purchased. I, I mean, pausing here, I don't really know if y'all realize how incredible that is. That's using your power and your platform for good. Continuing, using the one-for-one model, your contribution made a direct impact for SmartWorks and the women mobilizing back into the workforce. For every item you purchased, one was donated. You made this happen, 
and we are so thrilled to see you step up and be a part of another woman's success story. Your act of generosity will give the women of SmartWorks the tools and confidence boosts they so deserve, accompanied by the valuable interview prep guidance and mentorship SmartWorks provides. Thank you for your support and well done for being a part of this success story. The Smart Set Capsule Collection of Workwear Essentials is convened by Her Royal Highness the Duchess of Sussex with leading UK clothing brands John Lewis, Misha Nunu, Marks and & Spencer, and Jigsaw. And they also ended with a short thank you on their Instagram saying thank you to all who played a part in this special project. Above is a photo of the Duchess of Sussex and SmartWorks clients as they shot the campaign and a photo of SmartWorks women who have now been styled in the pieces as they prep for their job interviews. Bravo, Megan. Seriously, it was some, it's her brainchild. I want that to be established. It's something that she thought, hey, this could work. And look at how it turned out. The photo shoot, her idea, look at how that turned out. And it's not, you know, it's not I'm the one who's bragging on her. She doesn't brag on herself. We're the ones who brag on her, right? But that's the type of thing that you want to see someone in her position use that platform for. Giving voice to other people with the voice that she has. And let me reemphasize, okay, because we're transitioning out of the charity segment. She didn't need her new title (laughs) in order to do that because it's something that she has always done because it is who she is. I'm very proud of all of the parties and entities involved in that. And truthfully, it wouldn't have been the success it was without people like you and me. So thank you for all of those who participated in that and made it a point to support this initiative because of what it meant to women who rely on the SmartWorks charity for that abuse because it's really all a cycle and it's all connected together. When women are empowered, communities are empowered. So we need women to continue to empower other women in the best way that they can, whether big or small. And what I love the most about SmartWorks is they invite those women that they help to come back and pay it forward empower other women who were just like you once upon a time. So kudos. There's really not much else I can say to that. Shout out to SmartWorks, shout out to the Duchess of Sussex, and shout out to all those women who are even just trying to find a way to believe in themselves again, girl. You can do it. We got you. And we're just like you because we already know how it feels sometimes to be disempowered. Well, as a woman, as a feminist, In any small way that I can, I got your back. And it's good to know that Megan carries that attitude with her every day. And that's why she's our duchess. Speaking of strong women, feminists out here supporting, empowering, straight up holding up other women. Shout out to Hillary Clinton. Shout out to Chelsea Clinton. Those two ladies had a lot to say this week. Now, since Megan has become a duchess, she's had some of the highest highs in her life and perhaps some of the lowest lows. She had the wedding of the century. I mean, I'm go ahead and label that the wedding of the century. Uh, she traveled to so many new countries. We already know sis is well-traveled. So this it's not like, you know, world travel is brand new to her. But 
She's traveling in a new context, with a new role, with, you know, a different amount of influence. And that's that's all really wonderful. It's great. But and she's also traveled to so many new countries, though. And she's really spread her wings as a philanthropist. She's used her voice and influence with grace, but with conviction. And she showed that she's determined to continue to give voice to important issues affecting women around the world, as well as empowering women to use their own voices. Again, it's in everything she does. So it doesn't matter whether it's smart works. It doesn't matter whether it's camp fed. It doesn't matter whether it's you know, entities in South Africa. It doesn't matter whether it's the Luminary Bakery. This is a major theme, a driving passion in this woman's life. But she's also been subject to constant abuse and bullying by an institution that is seldom policed, that institution being the tabloid media. And since becoming a duchess, and even before, they've attempted to bully her into silence, knowing she's isolated, away from everything she knows. And while she, as a new mother, is attempting to build her new normal within this foreign framework, the bullying just continues. And the world has been a witness. People will continue to speak out about it. But they'll also speak about how proud they are of this woman for handling her whole ordeal with so much grace while continuing this very important work that she's doing. Well, recently, Chelsea Clinton and her mother, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, were in London and they gave an interview on BBC Five Live, I believe it was, or BBC Live. And they were asked about the racist nature of the coverage of Meghan. And I was pleased that they both spoke so openly and freely. Hillary chimed in by saying that, A, she's a huge fan of Duchess Meghan. And she also agreed with the common assessment that Meghan's race has quite a bit to do with how she's being covered. She said it's certainly a part of it. And if the explanation that she's biracial, then shame on everybody. Absolutely. Shame on everybody. We've been saying it from the very beginning, and it's not like it's really that big of a secret. But to hear someone like Hillary Clinton, to hear someone like Chelsea Clinton acknowledging that and pointing the finger at it. Hillary Clinton should be president right now. So it's not like a man on the street interview. This is someone whose name, you know, reputation, legacy carries weight. For her to point to it and say it, that's important. And Chelsea added that Megan's prior career might motivate the coverage as well, saying it's because she proudly had a career first and has a voice that thankfully she continues to use. Anyone who has the temerity to break the mold of what has previously been established and expected often unfortunately receives criticism and bile that I don't understand. We've seen this pattern repeatedly. I don't know her, but as someone who respects her, I'm so grateful that she persists and is unbowed. Shout out to the Invictus poem, because that is certainly the character that Megan is carrying with her. She is unbowed and is doing the work she feels called to do and also isn't willing to be bullied. Shout out to Chelsea M.F. Clinton. You feel me? I mean, there was a lot 
in just that that statement. The fact that she mentioned, and I'm not saying she was being petty, but I'm going to tell you, I'm petty. And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but what I hear when I say that, when when I read that, I'm sorry, is Megan isn't like any other royal. That's all I'm hearing. It's not any, anybody in particular. I'm not pointing the finger at anybody, but Megan is who she is. And we we've seen this throughout history, though. When you don't just put yourself in the box that people want you to be in and you dare to be different or you dare to be yourself, actually, because being yourself is kind of radical in some in some contexts. And you are yourself and you know that who you are is perfectly acceptable and well, but you're being bullied for that. That's kudos to you for staying the course. And to me, it says a lot about Megan's character that she has women of this caliber speaking up on her behalf. That's not bad for an actress that people supposedly never heard of. And that's because she was never just an actress. It says that Megan has always prioritized being a person who is clearly using her time on this earth for good. So much so that People from all walks of life and all levels of society and influence are speaking up for her far more than we could have imagined around the time when she was giving birth to Archie. And again, keep in mind, Hillary Clinton is the what I call the true president of the United States. Regardless of the outcome, she got three million more votes than the fool we see in the Oval Office now. And she is the most qualified person, not man, not woman, but person to ever run for the president of the United States. And she's also a true feminist and she's speaking up for Megan. That that to me gave me goosebumps, regardless of what you think about Hillary, because she's not perfect and I got my gripes too. But just the idea of it, it's really important. And it's not the first time she's spoken up in support of Megan on her Instagram, I think twice. So what I like is how comfortable she is, she and Chelsea, how comfortable they are. And that's because it's a natural position to take if you have any common sense, which is Megan has done nothing wrong. So please stop bullying her, period. And I also love that these are two powerhouses, two American powerhouses who said these words on An English platform, the BBC, that sends a clear message to me. It says that you may mistreat her because you think you can get away with it. You don't think we're paying attention. Well, guess what? We are. And what you're allowing to go on here in your country, it is not acceptable. And it's not okay. So I love seeing American women speaking up for Megan because I feel like if the the roles were reversed and it was some other American woman and... Megan was on her eighth season of Suits and or ninth or whatever, and she's given an interview about Suits. Somebody just randomly asked her about the Duchess of Sussex. That's not her. But who's an American? Megan's going to speak up for her, whether she's American or not, but especially if she's American. And thank God Megan still has her dual citizenship because I can't imagine how lonely it would be for her to know that she's like literally trapped in England. Not, you know, not literally, because you can still go where you want to go. But if you relinquish your U.S. citizenship, I mean, you're kind of limited 
to what you can do and be in America when <laughs> it's just it is what it is. So uh, but she kept both. That's that's called foresight. And I appreciate it because a lot of people relinquish their citizenship uh, from one of one country because, you know, they don't want to pay taxes in two countries, which I totally get. I totally get. But she said, oh, no, sis. And that might have to do with the fact that she is, you know, American and strongly identifies with being an American. But also her mother is American. And she's talked about wanting to share American culture with her son and her children. So I'm I'm just so happy for her that she still has that. She still has that. And let me remind everybody just one more time. She's married to the sixth in line. She's not going to be your quaint consort. So you don't have to worry about no black American being your queen consort. Why don't you take the spotlight off of her and let her live her life how she want to live it? Let her and Harry and Archie live their lives the way they ought to live and stop complaining about them because they're doing you no more harm and they're not doing you any harm, but they're not putting a dent in your wallet. It's the mother folks who doing that. If they're doing it at all, even because you're not really paying that much money as a taxpayer, but that's your argument because you don't want to admit the fact that you don't like that. She's half black. So I say, get out of the country. I say, you know, lean on that American citizenship and get you a house somewhere in Cali or get you a house somewhere else, somewhere else. It can be any one of the Americas. Girl, go to go to Argentina where Nacho at. That'll be cool. <laughs> just just get out of England as often as you can. That's what I would advise. But no, I'm really just being silly. But I like that she still retained her American citizenship and to see other strong American women in England now, because, again, that sends a message They're on your platform, on your network, and they're saying we identify with her because she is one of us. And the way that y'all have allowed her to be treated, that has not gone unnoticed. And by the way, can I just say that American men and women have led the charge in defending Duchess Meghan from the tabloid press over in, in England? Like from Oprah to Ellen, of course, Serena Williams Gail King, George Clooney was one of the first. He was the first and the loudest initially, also American. Various American news outlets, even Chrissy Teigen in her way on Twitter. Daniel Martin, he's spoken out on multiple occasions. Michelle Obama, another first lady of the United States. The ladies of The View, Shonda Rhimes, and I'm not even listing everybody those are just the ones I can remember offhand but to me as an American it's heartwarming to know that Americans are standing up for the American Duchess because you know it's not like Megan is a bad person she's a good person and so if anybody's going to speak up for her I think it ought to be Americans and we've spoken the loudest I wish it was people in England with influence that were speaking the loudest initially. But it took some time for people over here to notice. But that chorus is really loud now. It's super duper loud. And slowly but surely, though, British folks have begun to speak up in mass, like we saw the 72 members of parliament. And that was just, you know, in October. But better late than never. But shout out to Americans for having her back, because that's been clear from the get go. 
And thank you guys for your feedback on the squad speak section of the podcast or segment, I should say. It's been pretty positive. I won't say that I'll add it every single episode, but if you guys do have something to say or question to ask, it's not like I'm an expert. So my response is going to be my opinion for the most part. Um, that that I think that would be great. But we'll see how it evolves over the course of the next, I don't know, we'll say five to ten episodes and see whether it stays or goes. But I'm just tinkering with some things and just trying some things out. I'm mainly just trying to incorporate listeners and people who I engage with on these various platforms into the podcast for a segment. So I want to start with a really great question from Miss Annette Wells-White. Hey, Miss Annette. Thank you so much for your question. I actually really, really enjoyed it. Um, Miss White wrote, out of respect for the queen, the Commonwealth members unanimously chose Charles as the queen's successor to head of the Commonwealth after her demise. For all the years she's led the Commonwealth, I understand the sentiment. However, the head of the Commonwealth is not a hereditary position. It's voted upon. So do you think there is a very real possibility that Prince Harry will be voted in to head up the Commonwealth after Charles's reign is over rather than? I mean, the average British citizen may assume that the future King of England, William, will automatically head up the Commonwealth. But as you so well put in the last podcast, the Commonwealth is comprised largely of nation states of color. Who is better suited in the current royal family to oversee the Commonwealth than Prince Harry. And if the vote did make him the head, what kind of blowback would you expect from the UK, the royal family, and of course, William? That is a very intriguing and interesting question. So thank you so much for that one. And I actually look forward to what you guys have to say on it in the comments and what your thoughts on it are. But I'll just start by saying that a that's new information to me although it is definitely correct um it is not a hereditary position um and actually there's only ever been two heads of the commonwealth like where it's been designated as a person in both times it was the queen and then before her was king george the was it the fifth or the sixth one of them girl but uh so it's not hereditary and yes you're right they did pretty much say that um, they were going to have Charles be the next head of the Commonwealth once the Queen Queen's reign is over and Charles takes over as King of England. But it is kind of intriguing, though, because when we look at the way people view the monarchy and how that evolves over time, especially now that we're, and I guess I'm just thinking about how we're increasingly in an age where it is now almost just obvious that we're kind of in an oligarchy everywhere, everywhere. You know, we used to be able to just kind of pull the wool over people's eyes and say, oh, well, you can make it. You can have the American dream. Oh, you can. But it's increasingly obvious that like rich people and powerful people, well-connected people. I mean, look at the look at the scandals we've seen just this year alone. They're pulling strings and they're controlling entire systems that affect billions of people. And then and then you look at um, this may not have very much to do with what you're asking, but you look at how the Commonwealth, all these 
countries are a part of a network that was, if you could say, instituted by this one family, you know, yet it's still sort of like an agreement, right, between now England and these Commonwealth countries. When you look at how we're how people have have viewed the royal family and how that changes in the future, and then also how the Commonwealth views the royal family or the monarchy and the relationship they have with the monarchy. It would be interesting to really see what their opinion of that of Harry being the head of the Commonwealth, like officially named the head of the Commonwealth, what their view on that would be. But my question is, would Harry want that title? You know, or if it was offered to him, would he want it? Would he take it? He's already the president of the Commonwealth. What comes with that? You know, um, and for me, it's kind of hard to understand exactly what does come with that, because, again, the only two people that have had it are the crowns. And, well, we don't know what the job entails, because all it it's all it is to me, it seems like it's just a vanity title. But when it was if it was someone who was not the crown, then people are going to look and say, well, what do we expect from this person with regard to their roles as head of the Commonwealth? And we know the queen has a lot of faith in Harry with the job that he does with the Commonwealth in Commonwealth countries. He's the president of the Commonwealth Trust. The Commonwealth Trust is an entity dedicated to empowering the young voices of the Commonwealth and Megan is the vice president. But my question is, would Harry take it? So that's one. B, well, there was already a little bit of, well, there was a rumor, we should say, or um, some rumblings or whispers of William not being so happy that the queen named Harry as the president of the common, Queen's Commonwealth Trust. And so, you know, let's say 30 years down the road, and William is about to become the king. I don't know William, but I can't see him not taking that role for himself. Again, even maybe even especially because of the vanity aspect of it. But if he wanted to give it to his brother, it would be him who gave it to his brother, I, I would imagine. Or maybe it's voted on. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't honestly, I don't see Harry having the role. I don't see Harry wanting the role. But even if he wanted it. It just depends on how people have viewed the royal family when that time comes. So in the next 30 or so years, how will the UK, how would the UK hypothetically, uh, the citizens react? Depends on how their view of, you know, Harry has evolved in that time frame. That's definitely an interesting question, though. Um, and, and it makes us all sort of think about the relationship that the Commonwealth has with the current royal family and how that is subject to evolve in the next 30 years because again the Windsors they got some they got some good genes in the sense that they live a long time they live a long time of course they got all the protections necessary to live long lives and the best doctors and the best everything but you know the queen she looking real good out here for her age <laughs> you know and I think Charles is going to be he, you know he might reach 100 too that's not for me to say so 30 years or so from now that's a long time. But if Charles was the one who names the successor as the crown and he chose Harry, 
you know, I'm sure there would, <laughs> there would be a conversation that would be had. So Harry would be about Charles's age. You know what I mean? So, you know, if it would be given to someone who was not the king, I would imagine or perhaps hope if not Harry or say he didn't want it to be Harry, that it would be someone who is like Harry currently is now focused on the youth of the Commonwealth or young people, uh, people with ingenuity and, and ideas for lifting up their own countries, someone who has a mind for that. Because, you know, at 70 or 60-something, Harry would be in a completely different phase of his life. And we're assuming that, you know, the Queen's going to live a few more years. Charles is going to reign for a good 25 to 30 years. Nobody dies sooner than anybody expects because, you know, who takes the crown is according to who died before they took the crown, you know. So that's why it's always super weird. I can't, like, I can't imagine what that reality must be. But uh, where your child literally symbolizes your death. That's crazy, but that's off topic. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, if Harry wanted it, if, if if Charles wanted to offer it to him or if William as king wanted to offer it to him, I think if he wanted it, he would take it, but maybe he wouldn't want it. There's just a lot up in the air that nobody knows, really knows what the answer to that question would be. But my guess is that when the time comes to name the next head of the Commonwealth, it's probably going to be the crown just because... It was the crown for by the time Charles is done being king, he will have been the third head of the Commonwealth who was also the crown. So uh, the the royal family is not really known for breaking tradition, even if it was only three. You know, it's not like it's a tradition that goes back into the 15, 1600s, but they're probably going to give it to Will. And I hope that he does what he is supposed to do by the, you know, I hope he does right by the Commonwealth. Uh, because he's he's going to be involved with the Commonwealth as king in so many ways. And I think just having the title as head of the Commonwealth, you know, that'll just be the tip of the iceberg. So, But certainly Harry's relationship with the Commonwealth is probably the best out of anyone in the royal family, he, he and Meghan. Um, and obviously they're, they're introducing their son and uh, certainly the next child uh, to the Commonwealth and you know, just starting them off early with being comfortable with their relationship to the Commonwealth, whether, you know, Meghan and Harry's children have titles or not. So um, I think when it's all said and done, the Commonwealth certainly respects Harry, respects Meghan, whether he has that title or not. And um, I think at 30 years down the line, that respect is only going to grow. So thank you so much for your question, Miss Annette. That was really interesting uh, just to even learn about that and the history of it. And it'll be interesting to see what happens when that time actually comes. Sonia Alexander said, since Megan and Harry gave that interview, it seems like a burden has been lifted and together they are a power couple. For years, they were abused mentally and physically. Who been abusing my Megan and Harry physically? Because I'm not going to stand for that. No, I mean, I I, I hope they weren't abused physically. But uh, she continued, <laughs> I often wonder if they were aware of the firestorm that surrounded them. We now have our answer and have been suffering that they have been suffering in private with no support all this time. They now know of the Sussex squad and we are their ride or die 24-7. When Harry thanked the public for their support, 
It was heartfelt because it was the one thing they relied on. I definitely agree with you that they have suffered in silence because they they admitted that, especially Megan um, and Harry mentioned how hard it was for him to watch her suffer in silence. And I totally agree with you. I feel like since they have spoken out, since they began the litigation against these uh, these tabloid media companies or parent companies, since they've, you know, it just feels like they've decided, you know what, enough of this. We're done. We're done being bullied into a corner, backed into a corner. We're done with that. We're going to speak out and we're still going to keep doing what we do. You know, it does seem like just from my, you know, point of view, I'm just an observer, especially Megan, because I mentioned this in the in the recent video I did. Her glow is on a thousand, though, you know, but Harry, all, he's always been this charismatic person as well. But as a couple, it does it does. And, and this is not necessarily evidence, but just from my point of view, it's just it does seem as though they they don't have that mental burden anymore you know where there's this cloud of uncertainty as to what they can do well they're out here doing it they're out here doing it they're fighting they're speaking up for themselves they're speaking up for people who may be in their position in the future who feel like they don't have any recourse they're they're taking whatever recourse they can and you know when a weight is lifted off of you the world looks a little bit brighter you know, and I know people look at them and they can't imagine, you know, they say, gee, well, you have everything that anybody would ever want. For God's sake, you're a princess and you married a prince. It, It's lonely, dude. Diana, again, <laughs> she said it herself. And she was dealing with, a, you know, a lot, you know, completely different issue on top of, of just being lonely. But like, you know, sometimes the more money you have, sometimes the more famous you are, sometimes... Um, the more, the more power it seems like you have, the lonelier you are because your world is so much smaller. Like, you know, and it's not because you wanted it to be, but you just have to move differently. Every little thing you do is scrutinized. And after a while, I can imagine how lonely it can become, especially if you feel that the voice that you had is now trying to be silenced from all these different angles. But when they came out and they said, you're getting a lawsuit and you're getting a lawsuit and you're getting a lawsuit. And they also spoke out for themselves. It wasn't through a publicist. It wasn't through the palace. It was Megan and Harry in an interview in that documentary. Regardless of your opinion of the documentary, I respect them for saying the words that they felt like they needed to say. When you get stuff off your chest, you feel a lot better. And so if that means that they glow in a different way, uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if those two things were connected. And I do feel as though they know uh, that they have support. Certainly they have support online and seeing so many people online that are just supporters without even a platform or a major platform supporting and debunking all of the lies that were clearly aimed and targeted at Megan. I think they noticed that, but also it encouraged people with platforms because so many people were hitting up others with platforms to say, look, this is what's happening. Maybe you're not noticing it yet. Maybe it's not on your radar, but could you please shed a little light on this? Or perhaps would you 
continue to speak out if if you were like I mentioned Chrissy Teigen earlier she tweeted about uh she she's so funny oh my gosh um I think Kate Hopkins said something and this was like months and months ago but um she she tweeted something about Kate Hopkins being stupid and ridiculous uh and that got a whole lot of retweets so just supporting those who were using their voices to speak up on behalf of Megan and defend her in the middle of just like the the highest point of just vile coverage of Megan, we were trying to support those who were speaking up for her. And so I think they noticed that as well. But um, I also respect him for saying in that statement, you may not think we need your support, but we do and we would appreciate it. And so I think that only, you know, caused the support for them in general to grow. So, um Definitely. I, I agree with what you're saying, but let me find out somebody put they put their hands on Megan or Harry and physically abuse my, my folks. Honey, just tell me who I need to box and I'm going to go ahead and get in the ring. And the last one for the episode is Miss Carol Tubbs. She wrote, I believe Harry and Megan are looking for a second home in the U.S., they can have a, a little more freedom and move around without the press making up lies about them. I like the idea of it, truthfully, but that's one of those things that I will, I'll believe it when I see it, just because, you know, I, I, I and I have seen a couple of articles talking about Harry and Meghan are house shopping. They're looking for a second home in uh, in California, I love the idea of it because that's where Mama D is and, you know, Archie is an American and I would love for him to, you know, grow up, you know, at least for part of the year in America. But, you know, I don't I personally don't want to necessarily add to something that could just be a rumor. But again, Megan is an American citizen, so it's not like that's not an option for her. Um, I would hope that eventually they do. Um, because they do need to get away from from the British press, just that entity, because they're so powerful. They're not police. They don't police themselves. And, you know, just the way that they're just so gangster about hounding people, um, I, I think they need a break from that. And again, let me just remind the girls that, Harry is the sixth in line. Harry and Meghan ain't beholden to the people of England the way that Will and Kate are, for example, or Charles and Camilla. So they really don't need to be there if they didn't want to be there. But of course, Harry is someone who does have a sense of duty to his country and he loves his country. He loves to serve his country. And, you know, there's only so much service to England you can do in California. So, I mean, they're always going to have their home base, I feel, in England. But uh, I think it would be awesome if they got away. <laughs> and if they got away often, I think that would be great. But, uh, I, 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 you know, me, I wouldn't have any way to verify that because pff, they don't tell me their business. <laughs> but uh, I, I love the idea of it, though. But. I will uh, keep my fingers crossed for it and hope that they uh, eventually do that because I think it's just nice to change the scenery in general. 
Well, guys, that is all I have for today. I just want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Make sure you hit me up on Twitter at Sussex Squad. You can find me on Instagram at Sussex Set. Thank you guys again. If you are a new patron, I really pay patron. There we go. I really appreciate your support on Patreon. I'll include the link if you're interested in that. And don't forget to leave a rating or review on iTunes. I appreciate you guys when you do that. Once more, congratulations to SmartWorks for addressing their 200th woman and empowering the 200th woman who's going to come back and empower another woman or another group of women. And again, congrats to the Duchess of Sussex for such a wonderful project that you put together that brings women, commerce, you know, charity, all of it together to create something so beautiful that we can all learn from and perhaps emulate in our own ways. So with that, as always, squad, thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me.